Hey, everybody, this is Nicole Greer, the Vibrant Coach, and it is a going to be a beautiful day here in North Carolina today because we are going to get creative. It may be a little overcast outside, but we have got the light bulbs turned on inside here uh, in the Vibrant Coaching Studio. So I want to talk to you today about creativity and innovation And we're going to be doing this for the whole month of August. I mean, we are heading into the last part of 2015, and we've got to make some stuff happen. So I am guessing some of you out there might be needing a little jolt, a little illumination around the idea that you can actually use your brain to move yourself forward in the world in a powerful way. So we're going to talk about this thing that you've heard of before. It's called brainstorming, brainstorming 101. And odds are you've participated in brainstorming sessions or even tried to go solo doing some kind of, you know, thinking that helps you move a process forward. And you probably had some success, but I'm going to tell you that the, you know, the really uh, scientific art form, that might be kind of a, a dual definition there, but it is very scientific in that you can measure and calculate and see how much you know good ideas, how much good creativity can come out of it, but at the same time, it's got to have a little art to it. So we're going to celebrate the idea of brainstorming today, and we need to do this because our worlds are changing so fast. So I just want you to think about kind of maybe like the world through the lens of business. Business is moving at such a fast pace. Just when you thought you had a good idea and everybody wanted to buy it, somebody comes up with something different that's just one more degree better than what you came up with. I mean, you know, I watched a video the other day that was talking about Microsoft is coming out with the version, you know, 10.0, okay? So get your head wrapped around the fact that innovation and creativity is really the name of the game in business. Now, let's say that you're in the, you know, faith-based world. I work with a lot of uh, clergy. I work with a lot of faith-based institutions and do some ministry retreats, and I am telling you, Uh, It is imperative that we get creative with the way that we put our messages out to the world. So not only in business, but in the faith-based realm, this is really, really important. And then finally, of course, um, you know, we need to get creative in our own lives. Uh, We need to look at, you know, how am I living and how could I live a better life? How could I get more creative with you know, how I, you know, educate myself, how I do my work, how I, you know, take care of what's going on in my garden. I mean, every aspect of your life can use creativity. And, of course, if you are somebody who is in the education realm, you're trying to educate people like myself or somebody who's in more of an institution-type setting like a college or a university, using brainstorming is absolutely huge because we have got to share, teach, and empower people far and wide. We've got to do it through different venues like live and online, different things like that. So let's think about all these causes, all these reasons that we should get creative. So brainstorming is going to be absolutely huge. So in this episode, I'm going to challenge you to get creative uh, and we're going to compare traditional problem solving with brainstorming technique. We're going to learn brainstorming do's and don'ts. We're going to understand who is so important in the brainstorming process, and that is having a really good facilitator. And then we're going to talk about gaining strategies, systems, and smarts to apply your results, 
right? So that's the most frustrating thing is to go through a brainstorming session, um, maybe at a corporate kind of level, meaning with a group of people or in a collaborative session, and then it's like, okay, well, we came up with the ideas. Now what do we do? So it's really, really important that you learn the art and science of brainstorming. So first of all, let's just talk about creativity. And the reason why we want to really work on this as a skill set and as a talent for ourselves personally and for the organizations we serve is that we want the enhanced ability to identify what is creative, uh, look at who is creative, then recruit people who are creative, uh, develop creativity inside of our organizations, manage creativity as an actual strategy or system that we want to put in, also retain and collaborate with other creative people and other creative organizations. Because again, this is going to be the name of the game moving into our future. So let's talk about where brainstorming came from. Brainstorming actually was kind of the brainstorm idea of Alex Osborne. He developed the original approach and he published it in his 1953 book called Applied Imagination. And in there, he was talking about the fact that, you know, we ask people to come up with ideas, but he was like, what if we put people into a group and the actual goal, you know, collaboratively was to come up with ideas and take that energy or synergy and put it to work? So it's important that we stop and we kind of think about my shine coaching methodology in terms of creativity because that's exactly what Alex was doing. He was like going right through the five parts of shine. So let's do that real quick. So there's self-assessment. You know, the first thing you need to do is you need to realize, am I creative? And, of course, the answer is yes. (laughs) Everybody on planet Earth is creative. You know, just moving through your day, trying to get from, you know, your head off the pillow to back on the pillow does take quite a bit of creativity. You've got to figure out how to get through the day in a powerful way, um, you've got to figure out what you're going to eat for lunch. You've got to figure out what you're going to say to your boss. You've got to figure out what you're going to do for the new client. There are a lot of things you do. So while you may not see it as creativity, it is definitely a creative process just moving through the day. So self-assessment, you've got to really wake up and look at the fact that you are creative and you have the ability to use your imagination. So the next thing is habit work. So the H in shine is habits, and we want to put some habits in place that help us look at, you know, you know, what is the power of creativity and how can we get it in our lives on a consistent basis. So, for example, one habit I put in my personal life starting on August 1st is I am going to write every day for 30 minutes. And while writing is not necessarily just a creative activity, you know, it is a discipline but I am going to be sitting there stringing words together in a way that creates something that never existed before. So that's my creativity habit for the month of August. And then there's this idea of integrity, which is the eye and shine. And so in my humble opinion, you know, if you don't own your creativity, you're basically sitting around waiting for other people to give you all your ideas. One thing I talk about all the time with groups when I work in collaborative session, sessions with corporations, government entities, is that, you know, we've really trained people um, and tolerated this behavior of just tell me what to do and I'll do it. You know, while that's really great and we love people who serve, uh, the reason why we hire people in the first place is because they have a brain in their head. 
and we want to really, really capture their intellect and add it to the whole of the organization. So bringing people into a creative state really brings integrity to your organization and really lights up and illuminates what's possible. All right, so then the N in shine is next right steps. And so I'm telling you the only way that you can get next right steps in place in your life is to think them up or create them. And so creativity is absolutely huge in determining how you want the future to play out. A lot of people are sitting around letting things unfold while you can be very, very creative in choosing the path and the direction with which you want to go. And then finally, energy is absolutely huge in the brainstorming creativity game. So, you know, there are six energies that I talk about all the time, which runs from real quick intellectual, and so, man, we are talking about that today. You have got to use your intellectual brain, your imagination to, you know, brainstorm and see what is possible. Then there's emotional energy. I will tell you what, if you get into a brainstorming session with some really healthy people who really want to play hard around brainstorming, it is an emotional high. It is fun. It's exhilarating. Uh, It takes you way up the feeling scale you get to this place where you are very happy, very excited, and eager uh, to see what the future holds. Uh, the next part is spiritual energy. And, uh, you know, I, I do think that when you decide that you're going to serve a cause and go out into the world and you're going to edify it with your creative juices, you know, hello, the creator made you and you are creative. This is a very spiritual experience to do brainstorming, believe me. And then, of course, we have our physical energy, and there's nothing better than being around excited, thinking people. It actually has an effect on your brain that allows you to release really healthy, great neuropeptides that start to saturate your whole body, so there's a physicality to it. And then, of course, if you're sitting around with fun, innovative, creative people, there is a social energy that is super powerful, and then our sixth energy is money. And here's what I know. If you come up with the next greatest and latest thing, you're probably going to make some money. So lots and lots of good reasons to do brainstorming. So we can go through the shine coaching methodology and see that. So here's the goal. Today we want to open up the possibilities, break down assumptions around brainstorming, and put it in place so we can create some innovation. So if you're talking to your team and you're like, hey, we're going to do brainstorming, Uh, What I have seen in my work with organizations is there's kind of this apathy towards brainstorming. And so it is a huge cultural revolution to get your people in a place where they are excited and, like, eager, like puppies with their tails wagging that they get to do a brainstorming. So you as a leader are really going to have to work very diligently to get brainstorming into your organization in a powerful way and have everybody have a really healthy attitude towards it. So if you talk to them, you say, our goal here is to open up what's possible, break down assumptions, and do innovation. And, of course, you can work through that shine coaching methodology as the lead-in, as the predecessor to the actual brainstorming session, okay, to get everybody tied in the game. Now, here's the reality of brainstorming is that you have got that brain in your head, and while part of your brain is very good at imagination, there's another part of your brain that is very critical. And so we have to step back and think about how we're thinking. And you must really separate the creating part of yourself from the critical part of yourself. 
And so that is job number one on your list. When you are the facilitator of brainstorming, as you say to everybody, I want you to notice, 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 you have this very creative part of yourself and this very critical part. And what we want to do for a period of time is put the critical part of ourselves to sleep, okay? We can pull it out later, and it's imperative that we pull it out later, but in brainstorming, we simply want to engage the creative part of ourselves. So brainstorming is put into place typically because we need to innovate, but oftentimes we look at brainstorming as a way to problem solve. So I'm going to go down that path for a moment, and let's look at traditional problem solving. So in a, con- in a conventional group problem solving you know, session, oftentimes uh, we have a problem where individual behavior gets in the way of getting that problem solved. Uh, so I know people, tons of people, who go to meetings, lots and lots of meetings, if you're at an executive level, and a leadership level, a management level, and you get into the meeting, I mean, you really need to solve a problem. You really need to get creative. And there's one person in the room who's definitely engaged in that critical part of their brain, but also this is the person who is the cynic, the person who says, well, we tried that in 1973 and it didn't work, and you're like, oh, my gosh, it is so 2015. Just maybe it'll work now. You know, maybe the idea was ahead of its time. So you've got to really, really, really coach the people who are going to come to the brainstorming session. And it's also kind of smart if the leader looks at who you're going to invite you know, you might have different layers to your brainstorming session uh, where you do like in an incubator, you bring the people that you know are going to have that really healthy attitude. So this is very, very much about inviting the right people to the process to begin with or doing coaching to get them in the right place. Now, conventional group problem solving uh, can also be undermined by group behavior. So if you've ever heard of this um, kind of coined word, it's called groupthink. And groupthink is a very, very dangerous thing and is, you know, out there inside of our organizations. Um, Oftentimes, there's just kind of this corporate way that we believe about things. And, you know, we've got to be very, very cautious to look at the things we believe as a whole, right? So, you know, a lot of companies have gone the way of the dinosaur because they did not look at the overall thinking of the organization as a whole. But odds are, if you're listening to this blog talk radio, you know, you are an organization that wants to innovate. That's good news. All right, now the third thing about traditional problem solving is that it's oftentimes very structured and very analytical, and it can really limit and really dim down the imagination. You know, the light bulb over top of your head, it can really dim that because we are so structured. Oftentimes, traditional problem solving is also, you know, just embedded with all this probability. So let's talk about that for a moment. So when we do problem solving or brainstorming to solve a problem, we really want to be in this framework of possibilities. What is possible? Again, later on, we'll take into consideration what's probable. But for right now in brainstorming, all we really care about is what is possible. Now, traditional problem solving is also a lot of times about working inside of boxes. And so there are three main boxes that we box people in with, and that is time, money, and energy or human resources, right? So when we go to problem solve or to brainstorm, oftentimes we won't even put an idea out there because we think, oh, we don't have time for that. We don't have the money for that. We don't have the manpower for that. 
But we don't want to do that. What we want to do is simply stay on the brainstorming side, not the traditional problem-solving side, and really, really put the ideas out there. And then we'll engage the critical brain later. All right. So let's talk about brainstorming uh, and how it is different. Brainstorming is different from traditional problem-solving in that it is seriously informal. Uh, It's one of my favorite things, messy, meaning that you don't have to get it right. You don't have to have like this, you know, major ominous power of a result looming over your head. I mean, the, the, the whole goal, the results you want are just lots of ideas. And so let it rip. And it can be incredibly fun, especially if you have a great facilitator. Uh, brainstorming can be the conduit to take what's crazy to what's crafted, right? So you can take some kind of crazy idea and then craft it into something that's very, very practical, very, very powerful, and something that is very, very probable. And so one of my favorite, favorite ideas of this is um, if you've ever seen the YouTube video of Steve uh, Jobs, uh, the CEO of Apple who's passed, but he uh, did this, you know, um, press release, um, PR video where he stood up in front of the room and he's in his, you know, his iconic blue jeans and his black turtleneck with his glasses on and he pats his pocket, his front pocket of his jeans and he says, you know what I've got in my pocket? i got a thousand songs in my pocket, which sounds absolutely crazy, but what he's actually got in his pocket is an iPod, right, which has a thousand songs on it. So he took this crazy notion of a thousand songs in your pocket and turned it into something that is seriously crafted. And, you know, we all have one. In fact, we all have an iPhone, which is, you know, six, how many versions later, six versions or whatever later from the iPod. So we can do that. Brainstorming is also the spark that ignites solutions. Uh, it shifts people's mental models. If somebody's involved in a brainstorming session and it's powerful, they can, they can have like a serious aha in their life and get unstuck. And the thing about brainstorming is this beautiful thing. It is like non-judgmental, which is hello, beautiful. So those are the reasons to do brainstorming. Now let's talk about what you do in your brainstorming activities. So here are the do's. You do want to solicit from the group brainstorming guidelines. Now you're going to have as a facilitator your own set of guidelines, but you want to solicit from the group their brainstorming guidelines. Help them make, have them help you make the rules because now you're going to get buy-in, right? And then you do want to share your guidelines by filling in the blanks where the team might miss something that's really, really important. You want to invite diverse people and diverse perspectives. However, again, you may need to do what I call a one-on-one, a little bit of coaching, a little bit of, you know, dialogue with this person that you invite about how we're going to show up, how important it is, and how you want to see uh, things carried out. Um, You do want to share the problem, the opportunity, the research you're trying to do, or the subject ahead of time and encourage people to actually do a little solo brainstorming before they come to the corporate session where everybody's going to be together, the collaborative session. Uh, You do want to encourage people uh, to come, you know, ready to go, um, well-rested, hydrated, you know, energized, all those kind of good things. And I think for that initial coaching session around, or 
excuse me, brainstorming session around the problem or opportunity or the subject, you might want to limit the size to like four people, three or four, something like that, because we really want to have like some key players who are, um, you know, the right people, right personality, right attitude towards it, you know, that have that diverse background and that diverse perspective um, and bring those people in and make it kind of intimate to begin with. When you have too big of a group, oftentimes you can have people who say they're going to participate, but then they have this energy on the sideline that really messes with the mojo in the room. Uh, and oftentimes when there's a large group, you may have somebody who's, you know, really energized by that and feels the need to kind of showcase. And so we really want this nice, intimate group. Also, um, you do want to create a high-energy environment. So it's really important to put people in a bright room uh, with lots of light. Um, I don't suggest that you put, like, distractions like food and things like that in there. Um, but you might have, like, music playing and um, really upbeat, you know, kind of form fun uh, atmosphere. If you're not a great greeter as the facilitator, you need to have somebody there greeting them. Uh, and you need to say, uh, this is about bringing it today. So really inviting them to pour their energy out. You do want to have pens, markers, whiteboards, flip charts, erasers, all the equipment in there. And you do want to make sure that everybody understands what the rules are of communication. Um, make sure that you have a development of the list. Um, somebody is doing the scribing for you as people throw out the ideas. This probably needs to be a person that is not part of the brainstorm, but simply a scribe. Um, you do want to go for quality. So when I say going from crazy to crafted, I don't mean just throw ridiculous things out there because that can also derail the brainstorming. But we do, you know, want to encourage people put out quality ideas, but not necessarily um, censoring everything. You know, it just needs to be pro uh, possible, not necessarily probable at this point. And we want to layer, build, edify, connect, and Velcro ideas, right? So if somebody throws out an idea, that, you know, sparks something in somebody else, and then boom, they say that plus this. So really want to capture all the little connections. So again, having an excellent scribe in the room for brainstorming is huge as well because they can, set, they can kind of look at the room and say, okay, Nicole just said this, and now Lisa just said that and we can kind of make the connection so we can start to see how we are thinking, which sounds a little bit like mind mapping uh, in a, at a corporate level, uh, and we're actually going to talk about mind mapping next week uh, as a creativity tool for your toolbox, uh, but we'll get there next week. So here are the brainstorming don'ts. Okay, so everybody has to be, you know, really, really, really coached up and on their best behavior because here's what we don't want to do. We don't want to criticize we don't want to reward. We don't want to do either one. We just want to get the ideas out there. So if somebody comes up with an idea, we don't want to be like, good idea, good idea. You know, we want to reward them later, okay? But for right now, we don't want to just say, oh, that's it. That's the idea. So when we start to reward, you know, we kind of get on our head, oh, I guess we just have a winner. And we don't want that. We want the brainstorming to keep going. So we don't criticize, we don't reward, and we don't block. Um, so a lot of times you'll see behavior in a brainstorming group where one person will be talking about something and they won't even get to finish their sentence because somebody is blocking going, yeah, 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 but, okay, or, oh, I know, I know, you know, these kind of behaviors that kind of derail that person from finishing what they're thinking. So there does have to be a lot of self-management 
during the process. So again, coaching, getting people one-on-one, talking to them about brainstorming, going through, giving them this audio to listen to, giving them this blog talk radio so they can hear me tell, you know, hey, don't block. All right. The other thing we want to do is we want to get rid of our ego. And so let's talk about ego for just a second. Ego is this thing that, you know, you can't dissect your brain and find it, but it's definitely in there. And ego is this, you know, the creator gave us ego to protect us from people who might bully us or hurt us or whatever, um, and that is a very good thing. However, you know, we our ego wants us to get it right, our ego wants to be right, and our ego uh, wants to protect us from looking silly or ridiculous or whatever. And so we got to shut it down, totally need to shut it down. So... We want to not do the ego thing. So brainstorming is very, very powerful, and I want to encourage you to do it inside of your organization. So now let's talk about what happens when you start to apply brainstorming. So let's say you get into the brainstorming session, you set it up with the guidelines, you've got everybody cooking right along, and then you have to bring the brainstorming session to a close. Now the question is often asked, how long should a brainstorming session be? Well, odds are, if you're in any kind of organization, you've already put a time limit on it because you all have a lot to do. But if you have the luxury of keeping it open-ended, that would be my suggestion. The goal really would not be to say, oh, you know, we're on a roll, but we only set up 15 minutes uh, for this brainstorming session. You wouldn't want to, you know, turn it off if you had the luxury of keeping uh, with the process. So I really encourage people to try to keep with the process, if at all possible, uh, and really make it nice and roomy and luxurious. In fact, one of the things that I think is imperative to a lot of retreats and annual um, get-togethers for senior leaders is to definitely put some brainstorming uh, at the beginning and the end of all of your corporate retreats or any time you are, you know, taking the time, money, and energy to pull people off of their day job to get together, you've got to put brainstorming in there. So making it luxurious and open and roomy is huge. Uh, now, once you've got the idea, it's really important that you do start to become structured at that point. At that point, what we want to do is we want to encourage people to um, take responsibility for the ideas. Now, say you've got three or four people in the room and they just went through the brainstorming session, now is the time to take the list and go back and do some analyzing, right? And so what will happen is you'll have this long list of ideas around your problem opportunity or innovation and you will begin to categorize them. And so what we're going to start to do is categorize them. Say These are similar in ideas. These are similar and these are similar. Then what we do is we take those different sets of ideas and we delegate them out to different people to take a look at how we could turn what is possible into what is probable. Uh, First thing we want to do is use, you know, the thinking part of our brain that sees the obstacles. Now, this is where your critical thinking starts to kick in. So there's really three parts of your brain, right? There's that creative part, the critical part, and then the part that is creative that overcomes the obstacles. So the first part of our brain creates all these ideas, and now the critical part pops in, and now we want to begin to put 
um, the obstacles down on paper. So oftentimes we just want to avoid the obstacles, but in this case what we really want to do is we want to put them down on paper and we want to list out all the things that would prevent this idea from actually becoming a reality. All right? So we're definitely staring in the face of these obstacles. We are being very brave, very bold, very courageous, and now that we have got all the obstacles written down, we're going to turn our creative thinking back on and we're going to say, what do we need to do to overcome that obstacle? What is the strategy? Now, at that point, you could really delegate that out to people who have expertise around the different obstacles that have popped up. So, for example, say we come up, we come up with a great idea, but that great idea is going to cost us money. We might want to pull in the people who are in charge of the finances, Right and say, what can we do to be creative with the finances to try to pull this off? We think it has a lot of merit, but we didn't budget for it, right? Or let's say that, you know, it's going to take two different department heads or two different people inside the organization to collaborate. So now it's time to pull in those two people and get their expertise on the strategy. So you can see clearly how, you know, this brainstorming can start to become strict planning, and really should be the beginning of your strategic planning. So that's how you apply your brainstorming, is starting to get the obstacles looked at and then get key players with genius who can help you get the strategies in place to overcome them. All right, so that is brainstorming. This is a bonus session because you got 30 minutes from me today, and it was my pleasure to be with you. Hey, I would love for you to come to the Shine Retreat on August 21st. It's going to be fabulous. Uh, We've got about 12 people coming at this point, and I'm so excited. It's going to be at the Starrett Farmhouse Retreat up in Statesville, And if you want to know about one-on-one coaching, uh, having me come do collaborative brainstorming with you, or you want to come to the Shine Retreat, check me out at www.thevibrantcoach.com. Have a wonderful weekend.